Thank you for listening to this bonus edition of our podcast. On New Year's Day, three of my friends, Jason Rowlett, Derek Thompson, and Solomon Lucas came together and spent some time talking about, well, time. The passage under discussion was picked because it was the first day of the new year and was Ecclesiastes chapter 3. We recorded our talk and want you to listen in on a portion of it. Okay, so here we are, the first day of 2019, and for our conversation, I thought we would talk about the passage that people most often associate with the idea of the passing of time, which is Ecclesiastes chapter 3. Why don't we take a minute, and Jason, will you read that first part of Ecclesiastes 3, and we'll, we'll jump in from there. There's a time for everything, and a season for every activity under heaven. A time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to uproot. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to tear down and a time to build. A time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. A time to scatter stones and a time to gather them. A time to embrace and a time to refrain. A time to search and a time to give up. A time to keep and a time to throw away. A time to tear and a time to mend. A time to be silent and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. A time for war and a time for peace. So let's back up for a minute and talk about, uh, since this is chapter three, we back up just a minute for chapter one. And he begins this conversation with the idea that all is vanity. What is, what do you think that vanity what, what is that? What does that mean? Derek? If we do get to where we think we want to be, it's still not the destination yet. And so the pursuit in itself is almost in vain. And I think the way that Solomon describes it is that this idea of worthlessness, the pursuit of whatever it is that we think is most important when we do that without an association or direct link back to what God would have us do, it indeed falls short time after time. Tell me how that fits into what he, this, this idea, this examination of time. How do, how do you see that fitting into that? Yeah. Um, if we back up just a little bit and look at, uh, the vanity part, um, it seems like there is, us trying to gain more and continue to gain more uh, in whatever we find is is good for us or we perceive it to be good for us. And in doing that, we tend to ignore these other things that he talks about where there is times and seasons for things um, and God has appointed some of these things and in our uh, vain pursuit of our own gain, we tend to forget that uh, there are times and seasons for things. So I think that's how these two things are connected. And some of the things that we have in our control to time, um, either we end up missing those because we are off on our own, uh, running in our own path, or we end up trying to hold on to those because, again, we're off running on our own path. 
so the time is fast for something and we want to hold on to it or the time has not yet come for something and we want to rush it so i think these two concepts are connected that way i guess one of the major themes of this passage is the idea that it's that things are constantly changing would you mm -hmm. agree yeah how do we deal with that change it's really hard to it's just really hard to do because we just we just want so much control and when i when i read through this i just kept going back to the the idea that you know we have to we have to let go right we have to yield and really humble ourselves to something that is is greater and as Solomon mentioned, um, if we don't, we miss, we really miss the important order that God has already put in place for us and we miss out on opportunities that um, maybe could have gotten us closer to him. In this passage, we've got some things that are in the micro mm -hmm. and some that are in the macro, that there are things that are very personal. There are mm -hmm. things that are, are bigger than that, and but there are things I am caught up in the tide. Yeah, the, the more that I've studied this book, especially in relation to chapter one, to me in chapter one he is explaining the sun also rises and it sets and it comes up again and goes around. And the seas, uh, the rivers flow into the seas, water comes up, rain comes down, back into the rivers, back to the oceans. And it, it, it describes the world as this very circular motion that's going on. And in chapter 3, he seems to be describing a very linear progression of life. You're born, you experience joy, pain, finding, losing, war, peace, and death. And, and those two, the, the circular does not match up with the linear aspect of what our lives really are. So when we look at the world, we can't ultimately find happiness in material things that, that the world would present to us. There's an aspect of, I think, God showing us how to live in the world, but with the wisdom of fearing him is where we can make congruent the joy of our lives before him in this world that is you know, a seemingly never-ending cycle of natural progression, uh, but doesn't ultimately lead anywhere, and it doesn't lead to happiness. And the answer is in the fear of God. What is this a time for? Of things that, whether it is personal or or in the bigger scheme of things, uh, if I look at how it affects me and what my contribution is to this world, I'm placed in the position where I have to decide, is this, what is it a time for? That's one of the ways to see how it fits within the order of things that uh, that God has in store for us. In reading some of the things that are said about this passage, one thought that kind of jumped out at me that somebody wrote was that the lesson that Solomon is teaching us here is that when we face either great triumph or great tragedy, it's not personal. We often personify how do I how do I extract myself? How do I use a passage like this to say that it is not necessarily personal, success or failure? I think in the context of where Solomon is coming from, which is basically the atheist view, is that there is nothing above the sun. Everything under the sun, as he says, is vanity. There is, like you're saying, that personalized aspect of 
that these things are happening to me personally and there is nothing else is or could be in control of something greater than myself or something greater than what I perceive in the world. And yet Solomon's very argument is that God is, that there is more beyond the material world. Some people take the viewpoint and even adopt it as a way of dismissing God, that these things have happened to me and I turn around and blame God. Take this passage for a moment and think about how you might answer somebody that takes that point of view of saying, look how God has treated me. I mean, he sets this thing up talking about all the things that he has experienced, right? All the things that he's either had or been exposed to. And ultimately he ends on, you know, fear God and, you know, keep his commandments, right? And so in my mind, you know, I think about, well, how do I, how do I personalize that? And what does that mean today in 2019? And how is that going to help me with my walk uh, with Christ? And so if I'm talking to someone who may use the argument for and trying to dismiss God here, yeah, I think it falls right in line with what Solomon is saying in terms of there is a time indeed for everything. I mean, there there's a time where uh, things will not happen the way that we think about them happening. Uh, one example that I've thought about or talked about in the past is uh, a friend of mine needed a heart transplant. And so we were all praying fervently for a new heart. But in order for him to have a new heart, someone had to lose their life. From a human standpoint, we can't really comprehend why that, how that all comes together, right? So in order for there to be a, a time to rejoice and be grateful for, for a new heart, someone had to experience the loss of a life. That's, that's, that's re really hard for me to even wrap my, my mind around, but that, what that tells me is that we're just not in control of, of any of it. And it could happen as easily to, to you or to me as, as anyone else, both good and bad, but you know, God is the, the arbiter of all of it. We have to, and this goes back to Solomon's point, we have to figure out what is our action within his will. And that's, I think, the challenge uh, for us and to the, um, to the unbeliever. When Solomon says this, and he says, now these are the things that in our life are going to either challenge us or, and, and maybe all of it is a challenge. Maybe it is as much a challenge for the good as it is for the bad. How do we deal with that? So the later part of chapter 3 actually starts to deal with some of that, where he will look at this and go, there is an eternity, there is God. God has ordained certain things for us. He started off with everything in place, everything ordered. We chose to disorder them. Then... You now have to deal with that. And he says, as you see this and this, the changes are happening, you are left with only your reaction to it. And, you know, further down in the, in the chapter, he will say, it's, there's nothing better for them to do than to be joyful and to do good as long as they live. Rarely are able to connect the dots and say, this is the purpose for which something is happening. As Derek was saying earlier, somebody had to die for somebody else to live. If you look at it from the perspective of the person and that family who are losing that person, it doesn't give them great comfort. 
and they have, could have a legitimate question of why is this happening. In this case, we might be able to draw a direct connection. Okay, here's somebody dying, somebody else might live. But in wars or uh, natural disasters, there's not really a whole lot of reasoning for that. So, you know, as Jesus talks about uh, about the blind man and the disciples ask him, why did this happen to him? Many of these things could be because God has appointed a time for the display of his glory. And Solomon concludes that by saying, here's all these things that can be happening. There's a time for all of these things that happen in our lives. Live within it and be joyful and do good because that's what the God has given you as a purpose. And that will demonstrate for others the glory of God. One of the ways that Ecclesiastes can be used is to show that there is this examination of life without God, and it it's pretty bleak, okay? We examine this book, and we see where Solomon goes with this and says, look at it with unvarnished eyes. In light of something like that, think about that we had someone in here or listening to our podcast, you know, that has been swept up in some of this, whether it is incredible fortune, which is in this valley is not an unusual thing, or if it is incredible tragedy. The fire that occurred in Northern California this year devastated tens of thousands of people. Is it fair to insert something like, well, there's a time to burn and a time to put out the flames? Is that, is that, a, is that the proper application of this? There's obviously a... a uh... It has happened, so there was a time that it burned, uh, and our reaction to that can be controlled by how we would look forward with purpose. And I think that's mentioned here. We we can't, I think, apply this in a fashion that all of these things will happen or should happen. I think his point here is that that things change, and there is never a constant disaster or a constant happiness apart from us being within God's plan. When we are within God's plan, then we have that constant joy with God. And when we are outside it, then things never stay the same. We might think that we have achieved a whole lot, but we find that, as he says, to be a vanity because after a little while that achievement becomes a little stale. We might think that we are in the darkest cloud at this point and we can always look back after a little while and see that was not so dark. Or maybe the cloud becomes darker. The application of this is mostly around warning us that life is never static and that we should not be full of ourselves no matter the circumstance because it could change. If you would like further information, you can reach us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Or go to our website, which is truthseekers.org. That's truthseekers.org.